Welcome to episode number 25. Today we are going to be reading chapter 12. Chapter 12 is called Surprise. You will understand why it's called Surprise when I tell you about the surprise. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crushing Inner Potential Podcast, where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris, and I'm the author of the book, Crushing Inner Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part 2 outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. Welcome back. Everybody, uh, great to have you here uh, on this wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, the time in this recording, uh, I'm looking out the, uh, I'm looking out the window, and the weather here is absolutely stunning. We're talking blue skies, uh, sunshine, and just one of those nice days. But wherever you are in the world. The weather should also be stunning. I guess it all comes down to your personal outlook on your day, on your life, I guess. Uh, The weather in the world is what you make it. That was a bit philosophical, wasn't it? The weather in the world is what you make it. I'll stick with that. Uh, Okay, now before we get started, uh, I would like to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. See, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I appreciate you spending your most valuable asset listening to what I have to say. So thank you very much. And we are up to chapter 12 and we're on page 103 and this chapter is called surprise the quote that goes with this chapter is oh you're here by victor harris and uh, you will understand when i read this chapter uh, what that quote is and where it comes from the new year came and it was time to move on my tribe were flying to hawaii for dad's 60th birthday and I decided to surprise him by going too. Mum took care of all my flights, as she had worked in the travel industry, and knew what she was doing. I also think she helped me because the general consensus seemed to be that my my injured brain meant I wasn't capable of doing things for myself. I was really hoping that, that my trip would change this perception, but with Mum still holding my hand, It was a challenge. Really, I had nothing to complain about. I had a tribe who loved me and wanted to help me. Nevertheless, I felt I needed to prove to to them that the accident wasn't going to stop me from living living life 
the way all my friends did. Mum had booked my flights out of Kamloops to Vancouver. There was only one stopover and it was basically off one plane and onto the next. In theory, this was easy, but in practice, it was not. The flights were 80 minutes apart and I wasn't able to check my bags all the way through from Kamloops. This meant that I had to get off, off the plane, check my bags out, make, make my way to the other side of the airport, check my bags in, go through customs and go to the other side, other, go to the other end of the airport to board my next plane, all with only one working arm and a leg that wouldn't let me run fast. I made it to the check-in and spent five minutes getting confused with the self-check-in machine. I was in a rush and couldn't understand it, so I asked someone. The attendant, the attendant pointed me over, over to the counter, but, it was, but I was too late. I was literally three minutes late. They called and pleaded with the baggage handlers while looking at my puppy dog eyes, but no luck. I had missed my opportunity to, to surprise my dad. Anxiety started to pop its head up again. We are on page 104 now, by the way. I'm going to go out of the book and just talk about that quickly. So normally with a flight, if you're flying from, uh, from country, country to country with stopovers, uh, they normally, what they'll normally do is check your bags all the way through to the, to the final destination. So it'll go um, without, you, without you having to pick it up. It will go from one plane to the next. And that's uh, that when 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 you're traveling uh, when you're traveling internationally, that can be really handy because that means you don't have to go out and check back in. But that only happens really, um, I think, um, when when you are on, with the same airline. And for this flight, I was with two different airlines, so the ba- the the bags had to get off the plane. I had to go and physically pick up the bags, and then I had to go and put them on the next plane. Well, not not physically put it on the, on the plane, but I had to check in, and then obviously the bag baggage handlers would put it on the plane for me. Now, one thing to be aware of here is that I, for this trip away, I over over overpacked. I didn't know what I'd need, so I took absolutely everything. And my bag was it was just ridiculous how 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 much crap I had with me. Uh, my bag was uh, my bag weighed in at twenty uh, like twenty four kilos or something, which is just really really stupid when you're going backpacking around the world. Uh, you want to try and travel as lightly as you can, but I didn't really know that, and I didn't want to miss out on not having something that I needed. Uh, so I and and also I could have left my could have left my bag at the hostel uh, in in Canada and just travelled lighter with a with a smaller bag. But I I really wanted to travel with all of my bags. Not sure why, but all of my bags and I did this anyway. I got off the plane. And I, uh, I, I knew I knew that I only had uh, I had like an hour and a half or an hour and twenty minutes to to get to the next uh, get to the next stop. 
and I was literally running from one side of the airport to the to the other side and I to be honest I didn't really know where I was going and I didn't really know as this was like my second international flight ever uh oh the, my second international flight on this trip and I wasn't really familiar with the way airports worked and what was going on so as I was running along, I just asked people where to go, where to go, and uh, anyway, long story short, I finally made it all the way out, um, got my bags, went th- all the way to the other end of the airport, got to the check-in, and I m- literally missed it by three minutes, and my heart absolutely sank when they said, no, we can't, we can't get you on the plane. But everything, uh, everything turned out in the end. Um, so, yeah, I'm still alive, which is good. Because I guess it would suck if I wasn't. Huh? Back to the book. I got overwhelmed and didn't know what to do, which made me extremely anxious. In reality, missing a, missing a flight wasn't a big deal, but I grew increasingly nervous. I wish I had the confidence to sort it out on my own. But, but all of the self-doubt from the past past was haunting me. I didn't believe in my own abilities to look after myself, perhaps because every time I'd get into trouble since the accident, my tribe had been there to fix the problem. There were no flights that night, so I emailed mum and she booked me booked me on the next flight the following morning. She also booked a room for me at the airport hotel. I was that close to the runway that I could look out my window and see the baggage handlers loading the plane. When I finally arrived, in his typical fashion, Dad said, Oh, you're here. Uh, This was my father's code for, G'day, Scott. I'm really glad you could make it. Uh, Going back out of the book quickly. uh, So, Dad obviously didn't didn't know I was going there, and I was surprising them. And... I got there after after everything that had happened, and I finally made it. I've finally um, gotten from Canada all the way to to, to Hawaii um, on my own um, with all this catastrophe happening. The best Dad could say was, "Oh, you're here," and I guess it was it wasn't in a yeah, it wasn't in a a, um, a down dull dull voice like that, but. It was very, uh, very anti-climax. It was really very anti-climax. Um, anyway, we can all laugh about it now. All right, back to the book. In relationships I have with everyone, including my family and all my friends, have changed dramatically since my accident. I see this mo- most clearly in my relationship with my father. He loves me, I know that. But due to my accident, there are times when we don't see eye to eye. Ever since I was a young kid, my personality has been to give give things up and move on when I thought I wasn't very good at something or if I grew bored if I grew bored with it. Uh, I would I wouldn't stick with things and see them through. At around the time of my accident, dad was starting to wonder where my life was going. The accident hit him really hard. What hope was there for his son with a, with a brain injury? Would his son ever be capable of being independent? 
Would his son ever be capable of functioning, functioning like a worthy citizen of the world? Would his son ever be capable of living the life he'd always imagined for him? While I was in a coma, my father wondered what my future would be and it hurt him. Knowing that I had hematomas uh, on the left frontal cortex of my brain, he did his research into what it, was, what it would mean for me. A quick, a quick internet search and you'll find some pretty devastating information about how my life would have ended up. As it turns out, the internet was lying to him. But Dad still had those, those doubts and worries burning inside him. His concerns for the well-being of his youngest son will never leave him. One of the reasons why I decided to go on my big journey was to prove to my father that I was still capable. The problem with a brain injury is that I can't determine if what I think or feel or what I believe others think think about me is true or a figment of my ma- my warped imagination. This is the train that runs around my head 24 hours a day. The only difference these days is that there is a conductor on board keeping control. If this doesn't make sense, well, meet my injured brain. My whole life doesn't make sense at times. If you have ever ever experienced endless thoughts that you can't control or stop, you will know how hard hard the battle is that that those of us with an injured brain fight every day. But it is a battle I am determined to win. My relationship with my father changed after the accident as I was determined to prove to him that I would that I would be that I would be alright. That I would be able to look after myself. The fact is my injured brain holds every one of my relationships at ransom. I'm not just talking about the relationships started before before the accident, but also new and future ones too. You see, my brain with my brain injury comes a complete change of personality. A personality that is sometimes hard to relate to and more importantly, sometimes hard to understand. When I form a new relationship with someone, that person has to cope with that personality and understand who I am and why. Otherwise, before long they will get tired of me. Although my gags are funny and easy to understand in my own mind, they are not always perceived in that way. Spend enough time with me and you'll realise that. Here are some of the reasons why this is. They are all to do with the way my brain works now, and all these contribute to my social anxiety. We're now on page 106. I do not retain all the information I am given. I will, I will forget your name. I will forget much more. I have many emotional issues. I am permanently impulsive with everything I say and do. My impaired cognition requires me to take time to do most things. Many, many aspects of my life are confusing. I'll most likely be inappropriate at some point. I will say things that I don't exactly mean which may offend you. I am oblivious. I will, I will misplace things. My mood fluctuates. My attitude fluctuates. I have no filter. I think I'm hilarious, but you might not. The highs are highs, but the lows are even lower. Talk too fast, and I will not follow what you were saying. I am permanently impatient. 
I try so hard, but sometimes I don't, I don't listen. If more than one person is talking, I'll find it hard to follow different lines of conversation. I get overwhelmed by this, resulting in a brain overload. I am sometimes much happier on my own. Being on my own means four things. One, I will, I will not say anything to offend anyone. Two, I have no fear of embarrassment. Three, I can take my time without the chance of annoying people. And four, I will not be offended by my misinterpretation, by misinterpreting other people's actions towards me. It also means social anxiety averted. This is why photography has become my saviour. I can escape to the mountains or to the concrete jungle jungles of the world and be alone doing what makes me happy. All of this makes it very hard for me to hold down relationships for long and for people, people to stay in a relationship of any kind with me. I'm just talking from my own personal experience here, but for all, but for all of the people I've spoken, I've spoken to with a ninja brain, it seems, seems these experiences are pretty, cons- pretty consistent across the board. It takes the best of the best to put up with this, and you will meet my rock, Jasmine, later in the book. She is the only person I have ever met who understands what, what and who I am. After just six days in Hawaii, it was time to get back, go back to Canada. When I left Australia a month before, I knew I'd see my tribe again soon. This goodbye would be for much, much longer. I was saying goodbye and I don't know when I'll be back. As I left, I knew that I would miss the beauty of Hawaii and the company of my family. But at least I was flying back to to a stunning to the stunning ski soaps of Canada. Okay, that is it for the day. I'm uh, just going to read the first paragraph of the next chapter. Uh, on my return from Hawaii, things seemed different. It was as though the air had changed. I had come back to Sun Peaks with a confidence I felt confidence I felt, and I felt like a new person compared with when I left Australia. I think this showed on my face, in my words, and in my actions, because right then, everything started to go right for me. I was back in the the hostel, and Darlene told me that even though this place cost $32 Canadian dollars per night, it would only cost me $480 Canadian dollars per month. This instantly lifted a burden off my shoulders and I was and I wrapped my arms around her so tight for giving me a home for the season. Okay, that wasn't uh, that actually wasn't too bad. Uh, it uh, I, I could definitely see a difference uh, when I spend three hours uh, reading like like last week and my brain is really scrambled. To today, compared to today, when I've only spent maybe about an hour uh, reading this, uh, I can really see the difference in my energy levels and how my words are, how my words are coming out. So I guess the lesson that I've learned from this is that I need to take breaks more often. Okay, that's it for me this week. Uh, 
not as many not as many stories this time uh, this time around but I do hope that you enjoyed listening to me uh, thank you for your support uh, I'm very very grateful for each and every one of you and the support that you've been giving me uh, last year and and already this year it's been great uh, just quickly here's a little shout out to a family that messaged me late last year. Now, I won't mention any names, but you'll know who you are. Uh, their, their, their son was involved in an accident late last year, and he acquired a brain injury. Now, they, they have been listening to my podcast on the way to the hospital each day. Each day they go to the hospital, they've been listening to my podcast. Now, they said uh, that it is giving them hope, and that just really, really, really warms, warms my heart. So to you guys, I say this. I am so honored to be able to share my story with you guys and give you, give you and your family hope for a brighter future for you and your son. Um, And I really do, from the bottom of my heart, wish you all the best. So thanks, 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 thanks for that message. It was great. Really put a smile on my face and made uh, made made me feel really good just before Christmas, which was which was great. Uh, this week, uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Uh, be kind to everyone. Be be patient. Wait your turn. Uh, get in line. Uh, keep on keeping on. You do you, and I'll do me. That's it. I'm out. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Crashing Into Potential podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at The Injured Brain, wherever you get your social media fix. And please don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast to help me spread my message far and wide. See you in the next episode.